Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, the Bible says uh, all that has breath, let them praise the Lord. The dead don't praise Him. Amen. It's the living that praise Him. It's a joy this morning because I really am looking forward to sharing from God's Word today. Over the last three weeks, we've been looking at Acts and uh, chapter 2 and verse 42. Acts and chapter 2, verse 42, over the last three weeks, you've been looking at three specific parts of this verse. The Bible says in Acts 2, 42, the Bible says, and they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Can you read that together? They were continually devoting themselves. And prayer. So we looked at these three things. We looked at uh, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer over the last uh, three weeks. Today I want to look at something called the Apostles' Teachings or the Apostles' Doctrine. The Apostles' Doctrine. The Bible says that there was a devotion that the church had for these things. And one of the things they had a devotion for was the Apostles' Doctrine. To really understand this whole concept about this Apostles' Doctrine... We must first understand and ask the question, but just who were these apostles? You know, different people have different kinds of ideas when you think of the word apostle. Uh, Jesus actually had many disciples. When you ask people how many disciples Jesus had, most people will say, Jesus had 12 disciples. That is far from the truth. Jesus had many, many, many disciples, probably hundreds of disciples. And the Bible says, that among the many disciples Jesus had, he chose 12 of them. And the 12 of them that he chose, the Bible says, one day he, after praying all night, in fact, he prayed all through the night. Some Bible scholars say he prayed one hour for each disciple. So 12 hours of prayer and came and then he called them apostles. So when the Bible says that they dedicated themselves to the apostles' doctrine, the Bible is specifically talking about 12 people that Jesus picked and called and set apart to be some specifically important people in his ministry. So who were these 12? Among us, we know for sure they were disciples, and we know he chose them, and he called them apostles. So who were these apostles? We see that these 12 were leaders. They were actually generals in God's army. Now, why do I say they were generals in God's army? Because it was very interesting. The language that Jesus used in God's word, you see that he called them apostles. Now, apostle was not a Hebrew word. It was not a commonly used Hebrew word that had a Jewish Hebrew, uh, you know, religious meaning to it. The word apostle was actually a Greek word. It comes from the Greek word apostolos. And this Greek word apostolos was actually had nothing much to do with religion. And so when Jesus called these disciples or called these apostles, when he called them apostles, it was because the word apostle had a very interesting meaning. It had a meaning, and I'm going to talk a touch on that a bit, a meaning that they were generals in God's army. They in turn called Jesus Lord. You know what it felt like to call Jesus Lord? When the Pharisees heard the disciples call him Lord, it sounded like the disciples were calling him my king. 
So he was calling them my generals. And they were calling him my king. And the Pharisees would have listened to this and wondered, this is not right. Because suddenly it got a, it suddenly got some kind of a political connotation to it. And Jesus was neither interested in politics, nor was he interested in religion, because he was above both of them. The Bible says everything, every rule, every authority, everything will bow down. And, and these 12 were the leaders of God's army of Jesus' kingdom. They were initially chosen as leaders among many of the disciples. They served and walked with Jesus three and a half years. And they left their homes and jobs and traveled with Jesus full time. These 12 people were Jesus' full time men. You can just imagine, they had full-time jobs, they had businesses, they had a fishing industry and, and they had all that and they left all of that. They had families to feed. They had people to take care of. I'm sure they had children that needed to go to school and, and there were bills to pay and, and there were dress to wear, buy for your wife and, and a house that needed repair. And the Bible says, Jesus said, follow me. And they left everything and they followed him. These were 12 very interesting people. And for them, he was their rabbi. He was their Lord and he was their teacher. Now, to really understand what this word, to who these apostles were, you have to understand what this word apostle means literally. So if you look in the Bible, the word apostle has a literal meaning and it has also a meaning of the apostolic office. What was the literal meaning? There are three major angles to the name of the word apostle. Who were the apostles? The apostles were firstly a person that was sent as a diplomatic representative on a special mission by a king with a special message. He was an emissary or he was an ambassador, a messenger or an envoy. Who was an apostle? An apostle was no ordinary person. The people that were emissaries of a king or an ambassador of a king was called an apostle. So today whom we call ambassador, we would call Mr. Ambassador, and he would say yes. It was that word that was used. And so you can just imagine people around, they're going to Galilee, through Galilee and, and going to a small house somewhere, and someone is, uh, Jesus is crying out, hey, ambassadors of my kingdom, uh, you know, I want you to, you know, know what the Father above has to say. And so the Jews are hearing this and saying, wait a minute, what did he call them? And they would turn around, they'll say, he would say, ambassador, I'd like to have a donkey that is tied up there in that village. And the Jews would hear him call them ambassador. And not just ambassador, the word was actually on envoy, which is actually a strong word. The one who would go on behalf of the king. And when he would say, can you go and bring that donkey? They would turn around, look at a Jewish carpenter, and the ambassadors would say, yes, my ruler. Yes, my Lord, that is why the Pharisees went berserk and the Romans went ballistic. Because here was a bunch of people that were calling each other ruler and ambassadors and now 4,000 were fed, 5,000 were fed, somebody was raised from the dead, you know, water was turned to wine. I mean, his influence was growing so much that the Pharisees were getting a little fidgety. Not just that, they also probably heard 
that their Pharisees were getting saved. Nicodemus visited them by night. Some Pharisees were going to get baptized. Now that's not all. The Bible says that there was the income tax officers that were going to get baptized and saved. In fact, the, the chief income tax commissioner gave his life to Jesus. His name was Zacchaeus. So here is someone whom the world called ruler and the disciples were called ambassadors. So the first meaning of the word apostle, it, the literal meaning in English has to be emissary from a Latin word, metere, which means to send on behalf of, to send out. The second meaning of the word apostle, oh, this is getting hot now. The second meaning of the word apostle is a general of a fleet or of an army on a military expedition. So when the apostles were, Jesus, the Bible says, prayed all night, came back and picked 12 of them and looked at them and said, from today, you are the generals of my army and we are on a military expedition. Oh, everybody got upset now. What was their expedition? He said, the warfare is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers and rulers. It's against demonic hosts. And, but the common man didn't understand that. He's saying, hey, generals of my army. And they say, yes, our ruler, our master, our Lord. And they, they could not fathom what was going on. As if this was not enough. The words they were using were all kingdom words that were confusing the people. So the second word that was used was general for the army. A third word meaning for the word apostle was a, was a champion of the faith, commissioned and authorized by a deity. When somebody was representing a faith and that they knew in their heart that God himself had called and sent. This is why apostle Paul said, he said, unlike the other apostles whom Jesus individually called, I was not called by human commission. He said, I was called by God himself. You see, he had a testimony to say that I was an apostle born one out of time. But I was not called by human people. I was called by God himself. In fact, the word missionary comes from the word emissary. So when, you, when we often hear the word missionary, what comes to our mind is somebody who is going to share the gospel to some place. But when the Bible used the word emissary, that is the word from which minister missionary came from. Which means when somebody was a missionary, it actually meant he was an emissary. Now listen to me. Not everybody who goes on a mission trip is an apostle. All right? Not everybody. Some people say, well, who's an apostle? The one, so one pastor said one day, one, the day you plant the first church, you're a pastor. Second church onwards, you're an apostle. Then someone else said, you, when you go from South India to North India to preach the gospel, you're a missionary. So everyone who goes, sent one is an apostle. That's not true. Are there some signs of the apostolic? Why are apostles all, in, our, in today's time and age, our understanding of the missionary office is very, very different from the time they understood it. The apostles were actually the emissaries or the missionaries. Who were these apostles? You see, to understand, before the crucifixion, the role of the apostle was very different from after the crucifixion, after the resurrection. What were their job? Before the crucifixion, 
Jesus called a whole bunch of people, 12 of them, and said, you come, you all these, you, you follow me, you follow me. Peter, Peter, you failed to fish, you come after me. How about you, Matthew, you tax collector, you come after me. The world doesn't need you anyway. And he picked up 12 of them. The call of the, episode, uh, the apostle was given to ordinary disciples from God. They were just ordinary people. The apostles didn't have a tail and two horns extra. They were just regular people. But they were called by God. In fact, they were failures. You know, Matthew, the tax collector, no one wanted to have anything to do with him. Peter was a failure. James and John, their business was sinking. I mean, he called a whole bunch of these guys. But suddenly a grace from God came on them. Hallelujah. Something happens when a grace or the call comes on you. God called these 12 according to his will. To give the apostles and he gave a grace upon their life to be the apostles. They were with him all through the three and a half years. This was before the cross. The apostles were set apart for the gospel. They left their full-time job and they followed and served Jesus Christ. So they were full-time workers for Jesus Christ. You can just imagine that they were, no, they, were, they, were, they were called by God. These people whom Jesus called as apostles encountered Jesus personally. They lived, they learned, and they were led, and they were fed by Jesus Christ on a regular daily basis. They were called and they were sent by God. They served Jesus in the ministry. And they reported directly everything of what they did and taught to Jesus Christ. So here are these groups of people. You can look at the storyline. Jesus went to a few places. Many disciples were following him. Among the many that followed him, he picked 12 of them and he said, you are apostles. And he said, I want you to lead my group of disciples. And they went and they began to be trained by Jesus Christ. These apostles went through specific training. What else is there? Jesus appeared to them after the resurrection. He gave orders to the apostles before the ascension. Jesus spent 40 days teaching the apostles. He, he took time to teach them in these 40 days. He testified about the resurrection of Jesus. They suffered so much. All this happened before the ascension. But something happened after the ascension of Jesus Christ. What happened after the ascension of Jesus Christ? To the church, the apostles now had to take a new role. Because until the crucifixion, they always had Jesus available for anything. If they wanted, say some, if somebody was dead, they would say, Jesus, someone is dead. Can you please do something? Uh, they were the, the, the managers for Jesus, if you may. If Jesus was a brand, they were the managers of that, of that brand, Jesus. Uh, uh, so, but after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, suddenly there was no brand anymore. And, you know, the, uh, the church took on a new role. After the ascension, it became the governing council of heaven on earth. So these disciples, these apostles now, on the day of Pentecost, when they got filled with the Holy Ghost, and people begin to hear them speak in new tongues, when others said they were drunk, the Bible says, now Peter stood up. Now Peter, what? Stood up. And the Bible says, and the twelve stood with him. Something happened from the day of Pentecost. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. And now, until then, whatever Jesus was doing, now the apostles began to do. Whatever Jesus was doing, 
Now the apostles begin to do. They were with him for these three and a half years. And they built him up. And I mean, they learned and they, they picked up everything. But now was the time of reckoning. They had to act upon what they learned. And they became, after the ascension, now the apostles became the leaders of the New Testament church. Until then, they were not the leaders of the New Testament church. If the demons were not cast out, they would go to Jesus and say, we tried casting out, didn't work. Jesus, now you try a shot. But now Jesus wasn't there. They had to face the music themselves. They carried an apostolic authority. Suddenly when Peter stood up and when he spoke, the Pharisees heard it and said, these are not like ordinary people. They're speaking like people that have authority. There was something about these 12 people. They seemed to have authority. They started teaching in the New Testament church. Until then, Jesus sat down and he spoke to the people. Until then, Jesus looked and he healed the people. Until then, Jesus spoke with compassion. Now there was no Jesus to look down and sit down and speak. The Bible says, and now this time onwards, the apostles had to begin to teach. It was a moment of truth for them. The apostles picked up revelation. The words and the commandments of the apostles. Until then, Jesus' words were, were, they said, you know that the Lord said. But the Bible says from this time, you know that the apostles said. The command of the apostles began to become very powerful. The command of the apostles began to be, be, be listened to by the church. The, the role of the apostles suddenly was changing. In fact, the people, the person, the authority which with, with which they spoke changed because now they were no longer people in training. They were now ordained, anointed, and appointed in the place of Jesus to lead the church of the living God. The foundations of church doctrine were laid. Ephesians 2 says, the Bible says that we are being built up together in the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. So the apostles had a unique place in the kingdom of God. They were now not the 12 apostles of before the cross. They were the leaders of a new ministry called the fivefold ministry. Until the cross, there was no fivefold ministry. The prophets were the biggest people. Listen, what was the difference? Even the prophetic ministry changed. Why? The prophets of the old covenant were serving Mosaic covenant. Prophets of the new covenant were serving a new covenant under Jesus Christ. Amen. The prophets of the old covenant answered to God. The prophets of the new covenant were now answerable to apostles. Things changed between these two covenants. And, and not only were they part of the fivefold ministry... These apostles were also were leaders of the fivefold ministry, which means the buck stopped with them. They had to raise the people. They had to train the people. They had to teach the people. If there was a problem in the church, everyone would look to the apostles. If there was a lack of food, they would look to the apostles. If there was sin in the church, they would look to the apostles. For anything and everything, now the church began to look to the apostles because God raised them up as the leaders, everyone say first place. The apostles had the first place among the fivefold ministry. They were a gift of God to the church. They operated in signs and wonders, impartations. They would go. Samaria had heard the gospel through, through the evangelist Philip. Now Peter and John went, they laid hands and the Holy Ghost fell upon them. 
So there was an outpouring of God, impartations. The, the anointed pastors or elders and deacons in the ecclesia, they led and pioneered church growth movements. Antioch movement was opened up by the apostles. Spain opened up by the apostles. Roman church, the disciples went, but the apostles went after that and established one. Everywhere we see when the church was growing, the apostles would step in and they begin to establish the church. Everyone say after me, establish. What is the role of an apostle? To go into a new region, to cross over and to take over that region for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So an apostle, many people think, who's an apostle? Now, there, there, a lot of people have a lot of confusion about an apostle. Why? Because the, the, the apostle, they think that, oh, I prayed and they got healed. So I'm a mighty man of God. Now, when people look to, they don't understand the Holy Spirit outpouring was happening. They, but these apostles are becoming more than that. They were not just miracle workers. They begin to become decision makers in the church. They were the ones that, that, that were making the decisions in the body of Christ. Apostle Paul, as he was preaching in Antioch, there was a confusion there. They didn't know what to do. And the church at Antioch said, why don't you and Barnabas go down to Jerusalem and ask the apostles? And so when they came in Acts 15, 2 and Acts 15, 6, the Bible says when Paul and Barnabas came, the Bible says, and now the apostles and the elders, they gathered together. So wherever there was a need in the church, they begin to lead the body of Christ. They appointed, they delegated authority. They, they begin to write decrees. They begin to write to the Antioch church. Now be careful of these things. Don't, you know, eat meat that with strangled blood and, and, and don't commit immorality and don't do this and don't. They begin to write letters. It became letters of commandments from the apostles. What does that mean? It was very different from the Jews. Why? Because for the Jews, the Bible says that the Pharisees sat on the seat of Moses. For the Jew, the seat of Moses was the biggest seat of authority. And it was the Pharisees who sat on that seat. But now, in the Christian faith, Pharisees had no place. It was the apostles who sat in that place of judgment. It was the apostles that made those decisions. It was the apostles. The, so Pharisees couldn't understand, how could these fishermen, how can they, because we Pharisees trained under theological training, we've got through all kinds of detailed stuff, and these fishermen, how can God make fishermen into the leaders of a movement. Now, they would have ignored the fishermen, except for one thing. 3,000 were added to the church. Few days later, 5,000 were added to the church. Few days later, now, some, some of these Pharisees, their largest schools of Pharisees they had that were following them may have been 300 or 200 or 700. And then they looked at fisherman Peter, who's an apostle, and they had thousands that were being added to the church. And they were now writing letters of decree and decisions and recommendations. Apostles became the first place, the leaders in the body of Christ. Collections were being made. Pharisees were looking for offering. Nobody was bringing offering. Apostles were just sitting there and now somebody sold a piece of property. They took the money and they came and laid it at the feet of the apostles. They were that trusted. The people knew that they would tremble in the presence of the apostles. Why? Because they knew in their heart that God was with them. That's why Peter looked at Ananias and said, how dare you lie to the Holy Spirit? 
There was a fear of God, of God's leaders upon the church. There was a fear of God that, 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 that the anointing of God was upon these leaders. So much so that even if money was brought and laid at their feet, that these apostles didn't care about the money, but it was taken and he would give it to the deacons and say, you guys, make sure they're getting the food. Make sure the payments are made there. Make sure everything is going okay. They were busy with the things of the Lord. These apostles would also recognize other apostles when they saw Paul and Barnabas and all. They saw the gift on their life and they said, hey, wait, we're recognizing them as apostles. These apostles stayed together when persecution came and the church was being, you know, disciples were all being scattered away. These 12 apostles, they stayed together. They were an extraordinary group of people. Why were they extraordinary? Not because of the grace. They were extraordinary because God was with them. Something happened to ordinary people when an extraordinary grace came upon them. Hallelujah. They stayed together. They were arrested. They were imprisoned. They were beaten up. The New Testament apostles, they gave answers to the Pharisees. They stood there. They were thrown in jail. And then the next thing you see in fact, the 12 apostles were picked up and thrown in jail. The next thing you see, the gates were open and these 12 were out there preaching in the market. So they were a very interesting lot. These apostles, they, they carried an authority upon their life and they spoke to the Pharisees with such great authority. So they worked as teams. They never worked alone. You know, today, nowadays, we hear people calling themselves, I'm an apostle, I'm an apostle. But you look in the New Testament, apostles always worked as teams. They, they, there was no example that I know of, of apostles working alone by themselves. They worked, you know, as a team. Uh, you look at Apostle Paul and Barnabas, or you look Peter and John, or James, or many of these people, they just worked together as a team. They were, they were, there was order among the apostles. Why? When there was a confusion in Antioch, they said, let's go to Jerusalem and ask them. And after listening to the, all the apostles listened to the teaching of Paul, and after listening to the whole thing, James, the brother of Jesus, who was now the chief apostle in Jerusalem, he stands up and he says, now that I heard everything, it is my judgment. Now you can just imagine, Peter was sitting there. Peter was the spokesman apostle in Acts 2. But as the years went by, James, who wasn't even in the scene, stands up and he's saying, having listened to everything, it's my judgment that let us not put any more burden on these people. I hear the circumcision are going and troubling them. These people took decisions. There was a godly order. Nobody was fighting for position. They feared the Lord. So after the ascension, they were submissive to one another. They recognized the godly order. James was in leadership and they operated within a jurisdiction. So when you look in the Bible, we see that there were four classes of apostles in the Bible. The first class of apostles, Jesus was the great apostle. The second class of apostles is, that, is, the, is called the apostles of the Lamb. Who are the apostles of the Lamb? You see, in Jude verse 17 and Revelation chapter 21 verse 14, in these two places in the Bible, the 12 apostles of Jesus were called the apostles of the Lamb. They were, these 12, these 12 were also called apostles before the ascension of Jesus. But after the ascension of Jesus, these 12 were no longer 
the only apostles. Are you listening to me? They were no longer the only apostles. They begin to be called with a new title called the apostles of Jesus Christ or the apostles of the Lamb. So a third group of apostles begin to rise up. Why? Because Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, 12, 13, the Bible says, He ascended on high and gave gifts to men, some to be apostles, some prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for works of service. Which means these 12 apostles knew that if they are going to have to do everything like Moses, they will die. And so they knew they had to raise other apostles. That is why the definition of that name was so important. Who are these apostles? They are the sent ones. They are the emissaries, the generals of God's army, whom God would send to a new region to cross over and take over a new region, to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ into that region. So there were other foundational apostles. Who were these other foundational apostles? They're people who are not from the 12, but who wrote scripture. They wrote scripture. You see that they added to the scripture. But there were another group of apostles, what the Bible scholars call non-foundational apostles. Who are they? They have all the qualifications of an apostle, but they didn't write scripture. And even present day apostles are part of these non-foundational apostles. So what are the priorities? How do I know what is an, who's an apostle? How, you, you, for, how do I know? Because if you say, well, who's a pastor? Somebody who starts a church is a pastor. Listen, no, that's not true. Really? But I thought somebody who takes care of a church is a pastor. No, listen to me. A lot of people can plant churches even though they're not called to be a pastor. So not everybody who plants a church is a pastor. Amen. Are you listening to me? So, so when we say, oh, but he's healing people and crowds are gathering. No, he might be a true evangelist who's a false pastor. Are you listening to me? So when you look in the Bible, there may be a grace on our life. What is the grace of an apostle? How do I know who's an apostle? Apostles are called by God. They're first among the fivefold ministry. Their grace is to pioneer. There is a grace on apostles wherever they go. They have a grace to pioneer a new work. Now, some, some people say, well, that means everyone who pioneers something must be an apostle. No, that's not true. Don't look at one sign alone. Now, some people say, uh, you know, if I were to say, a woman has two hands, two legs, two eyes, nose, mouth. Is that correct? Is that correct to say that? A woman has two hands, two legs, two eyes, nose and mouth. Yes? Then I must be a woman. Because I have two hands, two legs, two eyes, nose and mouth. Because there are some common signs in people, it does not mean they are that. Some people like the apostles may pioneer something, but every pioneer is not an apostle. But every apostle is a pioneer. They have a grace to go into a new region, get into a new place. And start a work. And that work grows. And they raise leaders under them. They have a grace to pastor pastors. An apostle, you know, a, pa a pastor shepherds sheep. An apostle pastors pastors. Amen. So, they have a, a, an apostle is a master builder. Who is he? Come on. Master builder. He's an architect in the kingdom of God. A pastor knows how to build the church. An apostle knows how to build the kingdom of God. An apostle is always thinking kingdom of God. 
Why am I sharing this? Because you need to understand the seriousness of the call to understand the seriousness of their teaching. Otherwise, you'll never understand why you should listen to an apostle. If an evangelist and an apostle together, a man with a healing gift, an evangelistic gift is teaching God's word and an apostle is teaching, I am charging you, listen to the apostle because he has a grace. An apostle is a master builder in the body of Christ. Now, there are a lot of people that can rattle verses. Because we can rattle words does not mean we have the grace. Amen. I can tell you exactly, as a doctor, I have conducted hundreds of deliveries. I can tell you exactly how to go through a pregnancy. But guess what? I haven't experienced one. Amen? There are a lot of people that can tell you exactly how to build the church. Pastor, this is not the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Pastor, that, not like that. This is how you should do it. Welcome. Please, since uh, the, the question is not whether you know, the question is whether you have the grace. Where does the grace come from? The grace comes from God who calls you into that office. Every office is a call. Every call has a grace. Amen. How many of you all husbands, I don't know if this is true of everybody, but at least of me, you know, when my wife goes out somewhere to minister or will go for some training and I'm left with the kids, I put a big front, I can handle it, piece of cake. And then the first day, Hannah, where's the bottle? Said, Hannah, it's crying too much. What, else, what should we check? <laughs> Hannah, you're not going to sleep. Why? Now, I may have the information, but she has the grace to be a mother. Do you understand what I'm saying? So simply because we know something, it, the apostles are master builders. What else? What else are they? They have a governance wisdom for the body of Christ. They know how to govern the body. Apostles have, have a heart for reformation in the church. They're getting, they have a heart to get the church ready for the next move of God. The apostles establish pastors. Paul writes to Timothy, everywhere you go, appoint pastors in those places where the work has begun. The apostles are spiritual fathers to the body of Christ. The apostles, they maintain the purity of doctrine. Now, this is why I want you to know it's very important to be built up by the teaching of the apostles. Now, some people say, well, if that's the case, hasn't the apostolic age ended? My answer is no. The apostolic age has not ended. Why? The Bible says, he ascended on high, gave gifts to men, some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Other than the 12, there were more apostles. Romans chapter 16, verse 7, the Bible says, greet Andronicus and Junus, Junus, who are outstanding among the apostles. The Bible calls Epaphroditus was an apostle to the Philippian church. Onesimus, you see, many, many people in the Bible were apostles other than the 12. How? They were people that went pioneered new work, started a region, took care of the work, raised up leaders, planted pastors, trained the pastors. They poured their life out for the work of God. So these are the priority. Who is an apostle? What is the mark of an apostle? The mark of an apostle is not signs and wonders, even though they do signs and wonders. The mark of an apostle is governmental wisdom for the body of Christ. That's the mark of an apostle. 
Now, why did I share so much about the apostle? Because when we think of the priority of an apostle, we're tempted to look at a man with a large church and we think, oh, he must be an apostle. How many people are there? 10,000. Wow. He must be an apostle. Or we are tempted to look at miracle workers and they say he's got a huge healing ministry. Then he must be an apostle. Or we're tempted to look at a missionary who went to a pioneer work, not pioneer work, maybe help somebody. You, he went as a missionary from here, you know, to Katakara. When they did, he's also sent one. So if the apostle is sent one, then every sent one must be an apostle. And that's not true. Because that's just like saying they have two hands and two legs. But where is the grace to build up a work in a region? To pour into that region, to raise up leaders, to equip people, to train people for that work. The word apostle is so much more. So these priorities are part of that. Why did I share this? Because when we say they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. The Bible very specifically is saying they knew exactly what they were devoting to. Jesus, what did Jesus do? The three and a half years that Jesus had these apostles with him, he spent these three and a half years, him doing the work of God and training these apostles to also do the work of God. Because Jesus knew he came to die on the cross and then go back to the Father. And in his place, everybody say after me, in his place. The apostles were being raised up in his place. To go and do the works of God in his place. To preach in his place. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, 2, and 3. The Bible says about all these things that Jesus began to do and teach. Theophilus about all the things that Jesus began to do and teach. Whenever you look at Jesus and the apostles, it's do and teach. It's do and it's teach. Teaching was a unique and outstanding sign of the apostolic ministry. Why? Be because they had an important role. You look at G when the apostles called Jesus. What did he call Jesus? You know, uh, they, he, the apostles, they were trained by Jesus. In the three and a half years, they, they reported to Jesus. They went out, they trained, they did everything. After three and a half years that Jesus was getting ready to go, they were ready. They knew how to do the work of ministry. They knew how to lay hands on the sick because in three and a half years, Jesus trained them. They knew how to cast out demons because in three and a half years, Jesus trained them. The apostles were not novices anymore. The only thing was that from being a second line, they had to step up front and be a first line. So when the apostles looked at Jesus, what did they call him? The Bible says the apostles mainly called Jesus two names. Number one, they called him what? Teacher. They called Jesus what? Teacher. Now when we hear the word teacher, it suddenly doesn't seem very important. But I'm going to show you for the Bible how important it is. The next thing the apostles called Jesus is Lord. Because he was a teacher and he was their Lord. John 13 verse 13 says, You call me teacher and Lord and you are right. For I am so. I am your teacher and I am your Lord. He was not called healer, even though he healed. He was not called prophet, even though he prophesied. He was not called deliverer by the apostles, even though he delivered, cast out demons. Even though he did all these things, they didn't call him all of this, but they called him teacher. What did they call him? Now we are getting into the key part of the message. 
What did they call him? Why did they call him teacher? You see, you got to understand when Jesus was killed, he was, you know, he spent most of his time teaching them. Even the Jews, they called him teacher. In fact, how many of you know, and, 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 you know, the Cephas, the high priest, and you know that, that Jesus was brought in trial before the high priest? Yeah. What did they try him for? Think about it. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says in John's Gospel, chapter 18 and verse 19, a very powerful verse, John's Gospel, 18, 19. The Bible says, Annas and Caiaphas, they begin to question Jesus about two things. How many things? Two things. What were the two things? The first thing they questioned him about, they questioned him about his disciples. Tell us about your disciples. Where are they? What are their names? The high priest then questioned Jesus about him. Now you understand why Peter was afraid. Now do you understand why Peter said, I don't know this guy. Because inside that room, they're asking, give us the names of your disciples, the main fellows, your apostles, your generals. Tell us, oh, you call them generals? Give us the names. We want to find out who these generals are. One general afraid to talk to a girl, a maidservant girl at the gate. Uh, another general in, in hiding. He's known to the high priest. He's in hiding. And the remaining 10 generals are missing. Give me the names of your generals. He said two things. He said, tell us about your disciples. And the next thing is, tell us about your teaching. He didn't, they didn't ask him, tell us about your miracles. He didn't say, tell us about the deliverance. They didn't say, tell us how you cast out demons. They said, tell us what you teach. Because the devil knew the teaching of the apostles was going to transform the world. Hallelujah. Miracles may not change your life, but the teaching of God's word will change you forever. Hallelujah. It is powerful to understand. When they killed Jesus, they killed him for his teaching. Everybody say teaching. They killed Jesus for his teaching. They didn't kill him because he claimed to be king. He killed no one. He had no army. He had no weapons. He had no money. He had no throne. He had no land. He had no home. He had no, he had no battle plan for, for taking a geographical area. He had nothing that should threaten him as a king. Therefore, they didn't kill him because he's king. They killed him for his teaching. What did they say? They said, why are you teaching that your God is your father? Why are you teaching that you tear down the temple, I will rebuild it in three days? There was a doctrine. Everybody say doctrine. Say, Jesus died for his doctrine. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? What was his doctrine? That he is the son of God. That he had a kingdom. And for this kingdom, that he was going to lay down his life. So, when these apostles were three and a half years with him, he trained them. He constantly trained them. And they began to do the same thing that Jesus did. What did they do? He healed the sick and he taught the people. He cast out demons and he taught the people. What they saw the master do, they began to do the same things on behalf of Jesus. They, anything they did, teaching was part of it. Now, as you listen to why the New, the New Testament church disciples, they sat down, they devoted the, the Bible doesn't say they devoted themselves to how to cast out demons. It doesn't say they devoted themselves to how to, how to heal the sick. 
they just did that. The Bible says they just kept on doing that, but they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So what did these apostles do? They began to teach. Why did they begin to teach? Because they were given a great commission. Go into all the world, make disciples. They began to teach because Jesus opened their eyes to understand the scripture. Do you know that the Bible says in Luke's gospel chapter 24, verse 44 to 49, the Bible says, and while he was with them, he said, I spoke these words unto you, which was written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. He's saying, when I was with you, I spoke to you disciples from the law of Moses, from the prophets and from the Psalms. And then the next verse says, and he opened their understanding. He opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. That day, Jesus did a miracle for them. He opened their mind that in a new way, the New Testament apostles for the first time had a revelation of Yeshua the Messiah in the prophets, in the, in the test, Old Testament or, or the book or the Tanakh, in the Torah and in the Psalms. They understood about the coming Messiah. They now begin to be able to explain why. Because Jesus opened their mind. What is the grace of the apostle? The Lord opens the mind of the apostles to have an understanding of scripture that the rest of the body of Christ does not have. Hallelujah. Why? Because that is their responsibility. That is their grace. So it is very vital to understand that the apostles and only the apostles had an understanding of the Old Testament scripture because Jesus opened their mind at that time. And these apostles were the ones who had to establish the faith of the church, the New Testament church. So they needed to set precedence for right doctrine because there was no point having health and healing, miracles, deliverance, positive confession messages, Jewish cultural practices of, of Passover, how to do the Passover, how to do, do this feast of the feast of the Lord, without having right teaching, people would die in their deception. People were new into the kingdom, and this was going to take teaching to establish them. They knew, the apostles knew that whatever miracles you do, you heal the lame man, John's Gospel 3, uh, uh, in Acts chapter 3, or, or you blind eyes are open, or whatever miracle, or the dead are raised, as long as the apostles did not teach, this movement was going to die really soon. Now listen to me carefully. You know why so many Christians are living powerless lives? It's not because Jesus is not doing miracles for them. It's because they have sacrificed their devotion to the teachings of God's word. You know why the church is so powerless? It's not because we don't sing. Oh. It's because we have sacrificed our devotion to the apostolic teaching. Anybody, any church that's on fire for God, is a church that highly honors the teaching of God's word. And the apostles knew that. They knew they had to bring order. They needed discipleship to, to retrain the people from Jewish practice 
into a kingdom covenant. Why? What else did they teach? Why? Because to bring growing order to a growing movement. They knew they just had to do it. So what was the apostles focusing on? Now you might wonder, apostles, you might be thinking, oh, these apostles went on the road and preached and then they came back on Sunday and taught the church and Monday through Saturday went to different nations, preached and back on Sunday morning, they came and preached again in the church and they went again on Monday and they preached and one day that apostle will die on the way. The apostles weren't doing that. You know what? Who were doing that? The church was doing it. So a church that is not on fire for God, serving God, is a dead church. Not because they don't sing born again songs. Not because they don't listen to anointed messages. They're dead because they don't devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. Help me with this. They don't. Do you know that an apostle can never devote you to apostles' teachings? How many of you know that I can't dedicate any baby? You know, when they bring the baby, they say, Pastor is dedicating him today. Pastor is not dedicating. The baby is not mine. Then who's dedicating? The parents are dedicating. Pastor is just saying amen to that. And then we pray and release a couple of prophetic words. I can't make a church on fire. I can't make anyone else other than me on fire. The only thing I can do is I can preach the apostolic doctrine. I can teach the people that we have a few short years on earth that you have to understand one of the devotions of the early church was to apostolic doctrine. So what were some of the challenges that were going on? Why? Why did the apostles have to teach so much? The apostles had to teach so much for three specific challenges that were in the body of Christ. You know, the, as they dedicated themselves to teaching and word and prayer, the church had three major challenges that were there. The first challenge that was there in the church was persecution. When persecution came to the church, people began to leave the faith. They could not stand there and they couldn't, they couldn't hang in there and, and be there in the persecution. Uh, throw up for me Acts chapter 4. I want, to, I want you to look at this. I want you to look at the scripture. Acts chapter 4, verse 4 to 31. There are some powerful scriptures. Quickly throw that scripture up for me, please. Chapter 4 and verse 4 onwards. Now stay on that with me. As they were speaking to the people. Amen. As many of those that had what? Heard the message. Believed. So what, how did they hear the message? Help me. How did they hear? Because they preached. So they were preaching. The Bible says, um, the Bible says that they, and being greatly, uh, you know, as, as they, many of them, they just received the word, were, verse 2, look at verse 2, uh, verse 2, it says, being greatly disturbed because of what? The Pharisees began to get disturbed, disturbed of what? They were not disturbed by the miracles, they were not disturbed by the healing, the Pharisees began to get disturbed by the teaching. Because they were teaching the people and proclaiming Jesus as the resurrected Savior. They were preaching Him. Look at verse 17. 
Look at verse 17. But so that it will not spread any further. You see, they arrested the disciples. They put them in prison. And now they're saying, so that they will not spread any further among the people. What will not spread? Miracles? Healing? No. That the teaching will not spread. That tells me something. It tells me every day, unrepentantly, unequivocally, the disciples and the body of Christ, everywhere they went, they proclaimed and they preached and taught about Jesus. It's the job of every believer to talk about Jesus, to tell others about Jesus. And they proclaimed, but they said, let us warn them. What? Let's warn them to speak no longer to any man in this name. And when they had summoned the disciples, they commanded them. Don't speak or teach at all in this name. Can you see what the devil wants to do? He wants to silence the voice of the apostles so that he can bring in fear and people can backslide. If people can fear, you get them to backslide. Then verse 18, it says, And when they had summoned, they commanded them not to speak. Verse 19, But Peter and John answered and said, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than God, you be the judge, for we cannot stop speaking. Amen. We cannot, we cannot stop speaking. We're going to keep teaching from God's word. The Bible says, because the apostles knew the day they stopped preaching and teaching, that day the kingdom would come to an end. Verse 29, and now Lord, take note of their threats. How many of you know the scripture? You're familiar with this? Hebrew, Acts chapter 4. The Lord is saying, now Lord, they're praying. They gathered together and they're praying. What are they praying? Lord, take, read it together for me. Take note of their Threats and what? Grant that your bond servants may what? Lord, you note their threat and give us a grace to talk about you more. Give us a grace to teach. Give us a grace to preach. With your word, with what? What? How we want to preach? With all confidence. They're saying, and verse 30, and while you, what are you supposed to do, Lord? You just extend your hand and you just heal the people. Lord, you do the healing, we'll do the preaching. We will lay hands, you heal. But even if our life is on the line, we're going to preach the word of God. Amen. Oh, you guys are a very quiet lot here this morning. Oh, he's saying, we are going to preach. You extend your hand and signs and wonders take place at the hands. Verse 31, and when they prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were what? Filled, all filled with the Holy Ghost. And one of the marks of being filled with the Holy Ghost is boldness to preach and teach. Oh, come on. You guys are quiet on me today. When you're afraid, be filled with the Holy Ghost. And what do you pray? Lord, protect me from any damage. No, Lord, give me boldness that I can speak with confidence. But some people came, the Bible says, Acts 5.25. Now just listen, I'm going to read a few things. Acts 5.25. Some people came and reported to them, the men whom you put in prison, they're standing in the temple and they're teaching the people. It doesn't say they're standing in the temple and healing the sick. That was an accepted thing. That was God's job. But their job, they're standing in the temple and teaching. And the Jews started persecuting the Christians, put many in prison, killed many for what they believed, preached, and taught. 
And the great commission was what? To proclaim, to preach, to teach, to disciple, baptize people into the new faith. The apostles filled Jerusalem with this teaching the Bible says. Acts 5.28 says, we gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in the name. Hey, strict orders, legal orders. Not to continue in this name. Yet you filled Jerusalem with your teaching. They were so upset with these guys. Even though we are warning you again and again and again, don't teach, don't talk about. Why are you filling Jerusalem with this teaching? Because one of the first things the apostles knew, they have to preach about this because they knew in their heart that if they stop preaching, the church will walk away from the faith. The second reason why the apostles taught and preached, because deception and false teaching was coming in the church. Second Peter 2.1 says, but false prophets arose among the people. Among the people means where? Inside the church. False prophets rose inside the church. Guys, I want you to know today, there might be a lot of false teachers and false prophets who claim to know the scriptures, but yet do not know it, that want to come into the church and preach and minister. The Bible says they introduce secretly destructive heresies. There are a lot of famous preachers that have been doing the rounds and they had healing, they had miracles, they had huge fan following, 15,000, 20,000 people on their Facebook page and suddenly that made them an apostle. And today some of them have left the faith. They're not even in the faith. And the Bible says about them that their destruction has long before been marked. Wait a minute. Are you saying the people that preached in some of our ministries who are well-known pastors, they're marked for destruction? That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible is saying. Yes, not every preacher is a true apostle. Not every apostle is a true apostle. Many of them. The intention of the devil, if he can't get you to disobey, at least he'll get you deceived. Because he knows if he can get you deceived, he's got you. He's got you deceived. All he wants you to do is to believe the false doctrine. Some doctrine, some people, they came, they're preaching Judaism. And they say, you must be circumcised. Oh, you must follow a Jewish rabbi. You've got to go after some, and you've got to follow the days or the feasts. And you've got to have the Passover. Got to do, and they're going after Judaism. You've got to eat kosher foods. Some others came and said, no, 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 that's not important. We got to, you can live however you want. They say that in Jude verse 4, it says, Certain people have crept in unnoticed among you. Those who long before are marked out for condemnation. Those who are turning the grace of God into licentiousness. Which means they're telling you, you can live how you want, doesn't matter. You're living in immorality, carry on, no problem, grace. And the Bible says they are marked for destruction. Why? Why do people, you, you go to many ministries, they will never talk about the whole truth of God's word. They will say, Jesus loves you. And please put the offering in the bag. Oh, Jesus cares about you. We love you, brother. We're praying for you. But they won't speak the truth. Speak the truth in love. Many people are afraid to speak the truth. Some others are getting into genealogies and mysticism and half-truths and fruitless discussion. That's why Paul told Timothy, instruct such men not to teach strange doctrine. Tell those people to keep quiet, not to teach these 
you know, strange doctrine, and they've turned aside to fruitless discussion. But you, Timothy, what? Preach the word. The apostles' teachings, preachings, preach the word. The apostles stayed and they taught and they led the church. Acts 15 35 says, And Paul and Barnabas stayed at Antioch. What? Teaching and preaching with many other things. They stayed back, they taught and preached. Acts 17 19 says, And they took him and brought him to Aeropagus, saying, Can we know something more about this new teaching? Can you explain to us about your teaching? Acts chapter 18 verse 11 says, And he settled there for six months. And he taught the word of God. Teaching the word of God among them. He stayed there six months, not casting out demons, even though all that God did through their hands. But he stayed back and he did what? He just taught the word of God. Everybody say, taught the word of God. Say it loud again. Taught the word of God. The teaching of the apostles will keep the church away from deception. Paul taught publicly and from house to house. Acts 20, 20 says, he says, I didn't shrink from declaring to you the word of God and publicly preaching and teaching the word of God. Church of God, you know, through the years, I know projections and all these things are there, but through the years, the church of God has become lazy even to flip the pages of the Bible. I'm asking you as a pastor, bring your Bible with you. Read the Bible. Open the Bible. You know why? Because a well-worn Bible will, be, will have a well-lived life behind it. Read the Bible. Pick it up. Look at scriptures. Meditate the Word of God. Have that practice. Why? Because that is going to be remembered. We're not going to remember what is being projected. What is being meditated upon the Word of God will be remembered. Some people, they come to some churches and they'll say, do you have symmetry? You don't have symmetry? No burial space? Then they'll say, no, no. Then I'm going back to my traditions. Why? Because the, 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 the Word is not being honored above everything else. How do we honor the Word? Then you see, they, they, they'll say, oh, I can't come to this kind of church. Why? My children will not get anybody to get married to. I want you to know, in the first century church, didn't they have children? Didn't, didn't, they have, didn't they have bills to pay? You know what? The word of God, they honored above everything else. When you honor the word of God, the word of God will honor you. You carry the Bible when you are young. The Bible will carry you when you're old. I want you to know something. You honor the word, God will honor what you have stood for. You see, this is what Timothy did. The Bible says, abide in the teachings. Teaching is so important. Hang in this teaching. Stay there. Watch. Because why? Because false teachers are going to come. And they're going to come and they're going to say all kinds of lies to you. And they're going to tell you, it's okay, don't be afraid. Just live how you want. There are, who are these false teachers? Genuine imposters and those that are deceived. Ones that are coming to deceive, and others that are deceived. And they don't know they're deceived. And I want you to know, so many in the church today are deceived. And they don't know. And the Bible says that such people are prophesied about. Why, are they, why do we live such weak lives? Why do we live such broken lives? Why do many people live such, such you know, weak lives? Because they've not hidden the word. They don't devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Everybody said devotion. 
God is calling the church to a place of devotion. False apostles will get all the attention on themselves. But the true apostles of God will get you back in the word. Because that word will keep you. False apostles will teach you about how the word will cause you to become richer and wealthier and happier and all of that. True apostles will teach you how to become a good disciple of Jesus, how to be obedient to the faith, how to be a good servant of God, preach the gospel in season out of season, finish the work and go home. He will teach you to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. There's a difference. False apostles will get all the attention to themselves. They will say, look at me. They will commend themselves. They'll boast about their ministry. They will lead people away. They will, you know, preach another gospel, the gospel that people want to hear. They will be, they will claim to be super apostles. They will look for opportunities for their own life. Worldly, fleshly people. But what does God want you to do? God wants you to read your Bible and pray every day. Amen. People of God stick to the basics and they devoted themselves to what? If you don't listen to apostolic teaching, why? Because apostles have a grace to keep the church from deception. If you don't listen, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 3, verse 1, it says in the last days people will come, their ears are itching to hear what they want to hear. Their ears are what? Itching to hear what they want to hear. What makes us think we may never get there? What makes us think that, that we would never really want that? Or we get offended with something and somebody says, I'm not coming there. I don't want to hear that. The Bible says, learn and live your Bible. Read your Bible. Read the Word of God. Learn and live your Bible. Study it. Meditate it. Not only should you re- learn and read your Bible, you got to learn and, and live true apostolic teaching. Don't go after false teaching, doctrines. But pastor, how do we know they're false? Read the Bible. But pastor, I read the Bible and I understand. Then talk to true apostles or talk to true Bible teachers. And, and guess what? Come to the house of God to learn from the word of God. You know, when we, when we come sparingly, our health will be sparing, spiritual health. When we come to the house of God abundantly, our spiritual health will be abundant. Go and listen to the apostolic doctrine. What else do we do? Learn and live, the, and live what good apostles in the land are teaching. There are a lot of godly people. Godly people who are exalting Jesus above everything else. Listen to those Bible teachers. Don't listen to a lot of trash. Find out who are the people who are teaching ungodly things and stay away from their material. Encourage one another to be devoted to the apostolic teaching. I believe God is bringing us to a place. God is bringing us to a place of, of application of God's word. Do you, are you in a place where you can, what is your disposition towards Bible teaching today? Are you, are you in love with God's word? If not, I am challenging you church. Love the word of God. Pick it up. Read it. Don't read the word of God like you eat tablets, like medication. Take the word of God like you eat bread or rice. Eat as much as you can. Fill your heart with the word of God. Do you enjoy applying the word of God? 
What is the difference between devoting ourselves to apostolic teaching and devoting yourself to contemporary popular preachers? Many of us are signed into some, you know, some messages by people at the cost of not reading our Bible. Some of us will never read Hebrews. We'll never read James. We'll read Psalms and we'll read the Gospel of Luke. Why? Because it comforts my soul. If you eat chocolate all the time, it'll comfort your body. will kill you soon. And that's why you need all the doctrine. You need apostolic doctrine. And there are some preachers who preach only from favorite parts of God's word. You listen to them only, you will die. Why? Because you did the whole counsel. What did Paul say? He didn't say, I preached to you for the last 60 years about the amazing grace and the faith movement. That's not what he said. He said, I have not shrunk from preaching to you the whole counsel of God. That you are prepared that when he comes, you will stand boldly on that day of eternity. On judgment, you will stand unashamed. I have preached the whole counsel of God. Are you listening to the whole counsel of God? Are you guarding against false teaching in your church, in your home? Are you listening? Are you listening to false preachers and saying, no, 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 one message by His really changed my life. That's true. If one message by Him changed your life and three others are going to destroy it, stop listening. Are you listening to me? I've had people who tell me, Pastor, that man of God, you say he's not right, but his message changed my life. Sure. That's because that message had power. But what about the lies that he's also teaching after that? That's destroying you. Listen to true teaching. Guard against false teaching. What is the difference between devoting yourselves to apostolic teaching and merely attending Sunday service or listening to regular messages? There's a difference between being devout to God's word, being devout follower of God's word. A devout follower of God's word is crazy about God's word. He's listening, he's reading, he's praying, he's, he's meditating, he's studying. But someone who's not devout will just, you know, listen to a little five minutes of that message and Sunday will come there and come late and go early and, because we're not devout to God's word. And finally, what is important to pursue? Why is it important to pursue both learning and living? Because applying and responding to what we're living, what dangers are in there in just having an unbalanced approach to God's word? And I want to challenge you today. God is calling you back to a place to be devoted to apostolic teaching. Amen. Be devoted to apostolic teaching. And some of us, we are watching, how about setting a Sunday aside for the Lord's work? I mean, it's time for the church. How about setting our Sundays aside to serve God? Oh, Pastor, I'm getting hungry. How about fasting? Think about it. Where, where is the faith, the joy of our salvation? Pastor, why do you preach like this like all the time? Because others are not. You want me to give you a happy, clappy preaching? I can do that too. But I want you to know, God wants you to love your word. Amen. He has exalted the word above everything else. Dedicate yourself to the apostles' teachings. And you will become a world changer. Our church will become a significant body of Christ. They'll be transforming lives.
in the nations. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in. 